Well, praise the Lord. Welcome, everybody. We just believe, God, that good things are happening in your life. I'm excited to be able to bring the Word of God to you this evening. I wish you were here. Uh, we're sure missing everybody, uh, and, and we just want you to know we love you. We got you in our prayers. Uh, just believe in God for good things. And, you know, this isn't going to last forever. God's going to bring us through this thing. We're going to see a breakthrough. And when we all come together, we're going to have a celebration of victory over the Lord Jesus Christ. But, you know, until we get to that place where we can gather together and celebrate the the Lord corporately, we need to learn to celebrate the Lord individually, and we must keep ourselves spiritually strong, and we have to stay strong in the Lord and the power of His might, and we have to walk in a in a place where the Word of God is, is alive in us, and, and the Spirit of God is leading us, and you know, <clears throat> God is powerful even during hard times, and, and God is good even during tough times, and, and He's for us no matter what we're facing. And so we're going to get into the Word of God here, and I want you to just join with me. I want you to get your Bible out. We're going to study the Word because God laid on my heart uh, to teach and minister to you about knowing God as your Father. You know, a lot of us say, well, I know God as my Father, but do you really have that intimate relationship as a father and a child should have? Praise God. So that's what we're going to look into. We're going to look into the, 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 the very power of knowing God as your Father, the very anointing that flows out of God into our lives, and how we can tap into that. Praise God. So let's pray. Get your Bibles out, get your instrument scripture out, and let's pray, and let's believe God, and let's dive into this Word, and let's just trust that it will minister life unto us right where we're at right now. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Lord, we just praise you, and I pray for every person that right now is watching, listening. And Lord God, we just believe you for your anointing to fall upon them right where they're at, and the, the presence of the Holy Spirit to just come and flood the room where they're at. And Lord, we just thank you for touching every need and meeting every need and touching every life and blessing every life. And Lord, we just set this time before you and we receive your anointing flowing right now. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for everything that's going to happen in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I want you to look with me, if you will, Matthew's Gospel, the seventh chapter. And the Lord Jesus here is teaching. And, and when, the, when you begin to get these, these revelations of what the Lord is sharing with us, especially verses 7 through 11, which we'll be talking about here and reading, you find out that the Lord Jesus Christ, His purpose for coming to this planet and being born of a virgin and, and walking among us was to bring us back to our Heavenly Father. He was coming to bring us back into intimate relationship with Almighty God. You see, the thing that Adam lost in the garden was his relationship with, with the Lord. God was no longer his father. The devil became his father. Jesus said over in John 8, 44, speaking to the most religious people of the day, he said, you are of your father, the devil, and the works of your father you will do. So, so we find out that God is not the father of everybody. Adam lost that. In fact, there was a division between Adam and God because normally God would come down as a heavenly father. He would walk with his son. He would share with him. He would minister to him. Adam would share back. But then when Adam sinned, he found himself hid away in fear, you know, uh, insecure. And, and so God had to search him out. And so therefore, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes to this earth, he comes to bring us back into that intimate relationship with our heavenly father. And, you know, as believers, we need to move out of just becoming a Christian to becoming sons and daughters of almighty God and knowing God as our father, not just as God. And here in Matthew chapter seven, verse seven, the Lord Jesus is teaching us principles. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. And he says, it goes on, he says, seek and you shall find 
mind, knock, and it shall be open unto you for everyone. Notice this, he's talking to everyone, but we're going to find out who the everyone is he's talking to here in just a moment. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. And him who knocks, it will be open. Or what man is there among you, if a son, now listen to that, if a son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he, the son, asks his father for a fish, will he give him a serpent? So the Lord here is talking about a family relationship. And then he finishes up by saying this, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So the Lord Jesus Christ Christ is bringing us into a place of father and child. He's not talking about God and people. He's talking about a family relationship here. And he is saying that you and I need to come to the place that we recognize that if natural fathers who want to do good for their children are, are, are helping, how much more if we'll enter into that father relationship with our, with our heavenly father, will he be there to meet our needs? You see, you and I have to go from knowing God as God only to knowing Knowing him as Heavenly Father. You know, when you know God is your Father, then it, there's an intimacy that comes there, and there's a confidence that begins to rise up, an assurance that, that takes place in you that when you ask, you're going to receive. You know, when my kids uh, come to my house, you know, they're older now, but even, uh, you know, when they were younger, they, they, they would come in, you know, and, and, and stuff. They didn't, you know, and when they would ask, uh, me or their mom. Mom, can I have this? It was like they were getting it and opening it while they were asking. Praise God. Why? Because they knew that, that whatever we had was available to them. They still do. They come to our house. Our grandkids come and, and they'll, they'll, you know, they'll just come in and say, Papa, can I have this? You know, uh, well, of course you can. You know, it's, well, we got it. We went out and got it because you were coming. Praise God. Well, you know, if, if we can do that in the natural, how much more Will our Heavenly Father answer our prayers, meet our needs, touch our lives, help us through trouble, and get us over into victory if we come into that relationship with Him? You see, the Lord is teaching us that when you go to your Heavenly Father, you go with confidence. That if you ask, He's going to hear you and grant what you're asking for. If you seek Him and He's going to and, and, and find out what He wants, He's going to show you what's there. If you'll knock, He'll open that door for you because He's a good, good God. He's a good, good Father. Hallelujah. And He wants to take care of us and He wants to meet our needs. Now, over here in Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul continues to, to teach along these lines. He picks right up on the theme of the Lord. And he says here in verse 8, chapter 8, verse 14 of Romans, he says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Notice that as sons and daughters of God, we're to be led by the Spirit now. We're to walk in the Spirit. God is to be influenced in our life. Then he goes on and says this, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Notice that God says here through the apostle Paul, he says that whenever he redeemed us and he poured his spirit into us, it wasn't a spirit of fear. It wasn't a spirit of, of, of slave. It was a servant or, or, you know, I'm going to serve God out of religion. No, it was a spirit of adoption whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, really, uh, you know, if you get right down to it, it's an intimate word meaning daddy, father. In other words, God says, I want to bring you into relationship with me that I become your heavenly father, that you are endeared to me and I'm, I'm, and I'm precious to you. And we have that father-son relationship. Then he says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. You and I are child, we're children of God. God is our father. 
And we need to get him in our lives as Father and know him as Father and walk with him as Father, praise God. And then he goes on and says, and if you're children, then you're heirs of God and join heirs with Christ. Now that brings it up to another place. You need to listen to me real carefully. He says, God, when he pours the Spirit into our life and brings us into the kingdom of God, and we're born of the Spirit, we are made children of God. Not servants of God, but children of God. And then he says this, and because we are children of God, we have now been elevated up to being heirs of God. What's that mean? As a child of the family of God, I'm an heir to what God has. Hallelujah. And then he goes on and he does something that is just beyond our ability to almost comprehend. He says, and join heirs with Christ. What's that mean? That means that God has elevated us up in his eyes to the same place that he has Jesus. In other words, he loves us just like he loves Jesus, praise God. And the Lord said over there in, in the Gospels, he said, my father will love you just as he loves me, praise God. And here Paul is tying into this by the revelation of the Spirit of God that God has raised you up and elevated you up. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul says over there, he says, but God raised us up and seated us in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And here he says, we're joint heirs with Christ. That means what? That whatever the Father would do for Jesus, he will do for me and you. <clears throat> that our heavenly Father loves us and cherishes us and watches over us just like he did the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now that's almost hard to, to take in, but it's true. That's what he's saying here. Praise God. In fact, over here in Galatians, chapter 4 and you know the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established so we're just not pulling something out that you can't find anywhere else it's a theme through the Bible and if it, in Galatians chapter 4 the Apostle Paul says here, writing to the church, he's writing the difference, in, especially here in chapter 3, he's talking about being redeemed from the curse of the law. And then in the fourth chapter, he begins to, to talk about the difference between being under the law and being under grace. And he says right here, <clears throat> excuse me, in verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why did the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come? He says in verse 5, To redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. In other words, Jesus Christ came to redeem us that we could receive the adoption of sons. Now, he's already said in Romans chapter 8 that, that, that God gave us the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. And then he goes on, he says here in Galatians 4, 6, and because you are sons, not going to be, but because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. There it is again. In other words, the spirit of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the Lord, the same intimate relationship that Jesus had with the Father, you and I are to have with the Father. The same confidence that the Lord Jesus had in the Heavenly Father, you and I are to have in the Father. Because we are now brought in and made heirs of God, and now we are sons and daughters of God. He goes on and he says this in verse 7, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then you're an heir of God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Listen, you, you need to get a hold of this. This is not something that, 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 you know, you and I just chose one day that, well, we're going to do this. It's something that we didn't attain to by our own goodness or our own abilities or, or you know, trying to merit it. Praise God. No, this is the grace of God. God reached down. 
and took us out of sin, brought us out of bondage, brought us from being rebellious and, and, and dirtied and, and filthy by the sins of our own, our own actions, and by our own rebellion, by not accepting Him. God reaches down through His love, through the Lord Jesus Christ, and He recreates in us a new heart, brings us into the kingdom of God, makes us new creations in Christ Jesus, and more than that, then He pours His Spirit into us, and He brings us into sonship. And now God says, you're no longer just a slave. In other words, you don't live according to the law. In other words, I'm not a slave to the law. I have to go to church. I have to read the Bible. I have to make an offering. I have to go to the priest. I have to do this. No, that's what the old covenant was. But now, praise God, you and I are no longer slaves under that I have to live for God. We are now sons and daughters where we get to live for God. Praise the Lord. Now, I live for God out of relationship, not out of religion. Now, I live for God out of, out, of, out of a freedom that only Christ can bring to me. And I choose to worship Him because He is my Heavenly Father. I choose to trust Him because He's my Father. He, I, we're family, praise God. And He is my family, and I'm His family. And, and you, know, I, I, you know, just like I love my dad, I love my Heavenly Father. Just like, you know, I want to honor my earthly dad, I want to honor my Heavenly Father, praise God, even more so. Because He is the one who loved me when I was unlovable. He's the one who cared for me. He's the one who looked beyond my faults and sent the Lord Jesus Christ to this earth to die in my place. Why? So he could bring me back into a place of intimacy with him that we could walk together. That we could share life together, praise God. And not to be as a servant, but as a son. Now, Paul talks about himself being a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, but that's because he chose to be a servant. You know, I'm a child of God, and I'm a son of God. And you, you know, if you, if you made Jesus Lord, you're a child of God, and you're a son or a daughter of God. Now, as a son, I can be a good son, or I can be a rebellious son. You, what are you saying there, preacher? I'm saying this. As a son, I choose to honor my Heavenly Father. As a son, I choose to serve Him. As a son, I choose to, uh, to have Him speak into my life. That's what it means as sons of God in Rome, we're to be led by the Spirit. That means we're to let God speak into us and show us what to do. You know, whenever my, my, my children, you know, I have two, Joshua and Anna, and, and when they were in teenage years, I gave them instructions. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll just say this about Anna. Sometimes she was a little bit more strong-willed. But, you know, uh, and, and I, she may be watching, but I love my sweet little girl and so proud of her. But, you know, this is the thing. There were times that, that she would say, uh, you know, Daddy, I want to do this. And I'd say, well, no, we're not going to do that. And I would speak into her. And sometimes she would, she would be a place where she didn't really want to do what I was telling her to do. But you know what? She loved me. She respected me. And she... She understood my authority. And you know what? She would make a decision. I'm going to do what my dad. In other words, I'm going to let him speak into me in this situation right now. And there was one time a situation she wanted to do something, and I just basically said no, and I spoke it into her. And when the thing was over, it, it showed up that she was so blessed that she didn't get involved in that. And so she came to me and thanked me later on. You know, as sons and daughters of God, there are times that the Spirit of God is going to bear witness with your spirit, and God's going to have the, the right and the privilege and the desire to speak in you and say, don't do this or go do that. And you know something? Sometimes our natural mind will say, I don't want to do that. But you know what? If He's truly your Heavenly Father, and if He's truly your, your, you know, who you love, 
then what you're going to do is you're going to submit to that and let him have a place in you. You know, the Lord Jesus teaches a parable that the the, the father had two sons, and he's told the first one, he says, go out and do this. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. But you know what? His heart broke, and he said, okay, I will. And he goes out and does it. Then he goes to his second son and says, go out and do this for me. He says, yes, sir, I'll go do it. And he goes off and doesn't do anything. And the Lord said, which of the two sons honored their father? Well, you know, this is the thing. It was the one who, even though at first he didn't want to, but he submitted to it and went out and did it. He's the one who honored his father. And so we begin to find here that in this relationship of Heavenly Father, we're not serving God out of slavery, out of servanthood, out of, out of you know, we have to because it's a religious thing. We're serving God because we love him. And we're serving God because he loves us. And he's not just God in heaven. He's Heavenly Father. And he's my Father. And I cry out, Abba, Father. And we move into that place of intimacy and love. And, and we serve him out of love for him and out of respect for who he is. And, and, and out of uh, just cherishing all that he's done for us, praise God. And we learn those things right here. And some people say, well, you know, I'm striving to attain to that. And I hope to get there. Well, let me just help you real quick right here, praise God. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 and verse 2, listen to what John the, the apostle said. He says, behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. In other words, behold, look, get a revelation of God's love that he has bestowed. Notice he says the love the Father, the Father, he's referring to him as Father, has bestowed upon us. What? That we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and, and, and it has not yet been revealed to us what we shall be, but we know that when he is, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Notice verse 2 says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. The world doesn't understand that. You know, the world doesn't have a problem with a religious Christian. The world doesn't have a problem with somebody that, that just talks about God. But you know what? The world has a problem whenever we begin to call the creator of everything our Heavenly Father. When we begin to walk in the revelation that He is my Father and I'm His Son. And that He loves me just like He loves Christ. In fact, He sent the Spirit of His Son into my heart. And Jesus said the Father would love me now just like He would love Him. And the Father would answer my prayers just like He answered Jesus' prayers. And I can walk in a relationship with the Heavenly Father right now as a son. And you know what? I can be just like that first son in the parable over there in the Gospels. You know, maybe there's a couple of times I've said no, but you know what? My heart broke, and that let me know that God is my Father, and I didn't want to let Him down. And I said, Father, I'm sorry, and I went ahead and did it. You know, maybe you've done that. Maybe you've messed up. But you know what? Just because you've messed up doesn't mean that God has stopped being your Father. And that doesn't mean He stopped loving you. You know, in fact, uh, over here in the 34th Psalm, David knew God as, 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 as an intimate person, uh, you know, as intimately as any person could. David had a revelation of God as his father and as, 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 as his Lord and, and as, as one. In fact, uh, the Bible says that God looked upon David and said, that he's a man after my own heart. So David had the heart of the Father. He, he loved God. He was, he, was, he, was, he was not perfect. You read his life. He was a mess, praise God. In fact, most people can relate to David because most of us are a mess, amen? But anyway, he goes on in Psalm 34. It's, got a, a, it's a great message of David having an intimate relationship with the Father. 
and calling upon him and trusting him in a tough time, when, even when David made a mistake. If you'll do a little study on this, you'll find that David wrote this 34th Psalm after uh, he'd gone down to Gath in, in Sam, 1 Samuel chapter 21. David went down to Gath and, you know, he was getting away from Saul. And, and so, uh, you know, he shows up at Gath, and the king of Kish is there, and the people start saying, isn't this David who's been anointed to be king of Israel? And don't they say that you know, Saul killed a thousand, he killed his ten thousands? And, and all of a sudden, David realized, man, I am in the wrong place at the wrong time, and I don't have anybody around me, and these people, you know, they could kill me. And so uh, they go to the king. Well, David goes out and, and acts like he's crazy. I mean, he acts like he's, he slobbers on himself. He's scra- he starts doing all this stuff and the king says look at him i mean he's lost his mind get him out of here and so david gets out away from there and he just kind of like oh man did i make a mistake man was that a bad decision anybody here ever been that way i mean have you ever caught yourself in a situation where you thought man i am crazy for being here well, I wonder what would happen if we do that. You know, is God going to forsake us? Is, is not God not going to be there? Is he, not, is he going to be a, a, a fickle heavenly father that just loves us when we're good children? No, David writes this Psalm 34 after his, his, his mistake and after a situation. And plus, David's running from Saul, so he's, he's in some rough times. It's a hard time in David's life. And look what he says here in verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Woo, hallelujah. You know what? David's not walking around here feeling embarrassed because, you know, he was in a bad shape. And he's not feeling, you know, why me, Lord, because Saul's trying to kill him. David is saying, Lord, thank you for getting me out of that mess. Hallelujah. And he says, I'm going to make my boast of the Lord. I'm going to exalt the Lord. And he says, in fact, everybody, come on and join with me. Let's praise the Lord because, you know, Saul's still after me. And I know these people here uh, were trying they to kill me if they could have. And it's bad things around me, but God is still God. And I want to thank you, Lord, for being there for me. Praise God. And so he begins to exalt the Lord and begins to, to praise the Lord. And there are five things here I want to touch on that David knew about the Lord that caused him to praise him and caused him to trust him and caused him to walk in victory with him. Praise God. The first one's found here in verse 4. David says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. David knew God would always be there for him if he would seek him, if he would need him. And David knew that if I'm in a mess, the first person I need to seek is my heavenly father. And notice he says here in the Amplified, it says this, I sought and inquired of the Lord and required of him of necessity. Now listen, I sought him on the authority of his word and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Notice this, David sought the Lord on the authority of his word. David had a relationship with God based on God's word to him. Amen. In other words, David trusted the word of the Lord. And he said, I sought the Lord on the authority of his word. I came to him because of what he's told me. I trusted him to do what he said he would do. And I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah. So the first thing that David did was he knew that if, if I'm going to get out of struggle, I'm going to get out of fear. If I'm going to get out of, of, of the stuff that's going on right now that's trying to keep me all torn up, I need to seek the Lord and trust him according to the authority of his word. I don't know if you've got fears. I don't know if you've got anxieties or whatever. But I want to tell you what you need to do. 
on the authority of God's Word and your relationship with Him as a father and a child, you need to go to your Heavenly Father and say, Father, I'm asking you to deliver me from all my fears and anxieties right now. You know, this, this quarantine, this stay at home, this stuff, people are, are getting antsy. They're getting, you know, just almost uh, home crazy. And sometimes it, it can create depression. It can create all kinds of things. But David knew, go to your Heavenly Father and ask Him and seek Him. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 7, ask and it shall be given. David went to God on the authority of His Word, on the trusting of what, that God would do what He said, and David cried out, and God hear, heard him and delivered him from all his fears. And you know what? Your Heavenly Father will deliver you from your anxieties, fears, and anything else that the enemy's trying to put on you if you'll call on Him right now. The second thing is found down here. In verse 6, and he says this, This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him from all of his troubles. David said, not only will the Lord deliver me out of my fears and anxieties and depressions, but he'll deliver me out of all my troubles, praise God. David knew that God was greater than any trouble that could come upon him. And you know, God's bigger than this coronavirus. He's bigger than the, the bills. He's bigger than the, the needs. He's bigger than sickness. He's bigger than anything. But you know what we have to do? We have have to go to him and trust him to deliver us out of the trouble. In fact, the uh, message Bible says here in verse thir Psalm 34, verse 6, he says this, when I was desperate, I called out and God got me out of a tight spot. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, in my desperation, I went to my father. Why? Because I knew he would not kick me out. You know, when the prodigal son came to himself, he said, you know, back in my father's house, even the servants are eating better than me. He said, you know, I'm going to go back, humble myself, and just ask him if I can just be as a servant. But you know what? His father was looking for him. His father was there waiting on him to make that turn. And when that prodigal son got to his father, before he could finish apologizing, before he could finish repenting, his father grabbed him, loved him, hugged him, kissed him, washed him, put a robe on him, and threw a, a feast for him because he was lost, but now he's found. You know, your father's not mad at you because you're in trouble, and he's not mad at you because you're in a tight spot, whether you caused it or somebody else caused it. He's there to help you to get out of that situation. You've got to love him. You've got to trust him. You've got to come to him on the authority of his word and let him deliver you out of whatever tight spot you're in right now. The third thing that David knew about God was this, that God takes care of the discouraged, praise God. And he takes care of those uh, that, are, that, are, that are in trouble. Look what he says in verse 15. He says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears open to their cry. I want to ask you something. Do you really believe that God is listening for your prayer right now? You see, as, as our Heavenly Father, He's watching over us. His eyes are upon us. His ears are open. In other words, God is not off somewhere doing His own thing. God is still God. He's seated on the throne, and He's waiting on you and me to understand that He's never left us nor forsaken us, and He's right there for us. What are you needing Him to do? His eyes are upon you. He sees your problem, but He's waiting on the cry of your heart. He's waiting on you to call out upon Him. You know, John Wesley said, it seems as though God can do nothing except his people pray. And you know, Brother Hagin came along and said, he started searching that, and he said, the reason being is this. 
God never overrides us. He waits on us to request. And you know, I read where E.W. Kenyon wrote, and he said this, it's like playing chess. God never moves out of turn. God moved his turn when he sent Jesus, but now it's our turn to call upon his name and get saved. Then it's his turn to, re- to save us. And then when we get into uh, a place of struggle, uh, you know, he's got our need ready to be met, but he's waiting on us to call on him because we have to release faith unto him. And so that's what David found out. David says, his eyes are upon me and his ears open. And then he goes down here and, and he says in verse 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. Praise God. In other words, the righteous, those who are in right standing with God, take advantage of that righteousness and call out to God. What are you needing God to do for you right now? Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. For if your heavenly Father is hearing you, He is going to grant you your request. You have to go to Him in confidence as a child and believe that God's going to give that to you. Amen? The fourth thing is found in verse 18. Listen to what He says. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. You know what? I don't know what's going on with you, what you're feeling right now, but the Lord is near those who have a broken heart. In fact, the Good News Bible reads here, the Lord is near those who are discouraged, and He saves those who have lost all hope. I don't know if you're discouraged this evening or not, but I want to tell you what, God can get you through that. If you lost hope, God can bring your hope back in. Call out on Him. Don't sit there and let the enemy beat you up. You are a child of God, and your Father is watching and caring for you, and He's waiting on you to call on Him so He can deliver you and bless you and take care of you. Amen? And finally here in verse 19, he says, Many are the afflictions, troubles, or tests of the, of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, you know, as Christians, we're going to face troubles, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. I like what the Good News Bible says. It says, Good people suffer many troubles, but the Lord saves them from all of them. Hallelujah. Look at that. Even good people are going to have struggles, but God is there to get us through. So I want to challenge you today. Love God. Trust God. Believe God. Be like David. Make your boast of the Lord. Call out to him and cry out unto him, Abba, Father. Don't let depression, don't let, you know, hurts, don't let mistakes, don't let the enemy beat you up. Don't let the enemy put you in a situation where you think you can't get out. Your God is bigger than your situation. Amen. And he is your father and he loves you and he wants to get you through that. In fact, in Hebrews 8, 6, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is now the mediator of a better covenant established on better promises. And I want to ask you a question. If God in the Old Testament did great things for his servants, how much more will he do great things for his sons and daughters? And that's who we are. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, you are a child of God. And I want you to act like a child of God and trust God to be your father. And he will be a tender, loving, compassionate, always there always on time, Heavenly Father, that will get you through. Let Him speak into your life. He knows the right way to go. He knows how to get you where you need to be. And He will help you in every situation. So I encourage you, call upon Him right now. In fact, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's where you get to the Father. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. How do I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? By doing what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, you believe that He is the Son of God, He died for your sins, that God raised Him from the dead, and then you confess Him as your Lord. For with the heart you believe, and with the mouth you confess that Jesus is your Lord, and salvation comes into your life. So just say this, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead, and now you are Lord.
Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. I confess you now as my Lord. I receive salvation. I now receive my sins forgiven. And I confess that Jesus Christ is now my Lord. Amen. You make that commitment, and I'll tell you what, God becomes your Father that very moment. Hallelujah. Now let me pray with you. We're going to be finished here. I want you to release your faith. I want you to, to look to your God as your Father, and I want you to trust Him right now that whatever need is in your, your home right now, let God take care of that situation. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you and we worship you. And we thank you right now for your anointing that's destroying every yoke, the anointing that's rolling every burden away, the anointing that's meeting every need. Father, we present every situation up to you right now. And we believe you that across this land, where we're at right now, you touch every situation in our life. And Lord, you bring us out. And Father God, I thank you for doing miracles, healings, provisions, deliverance, joy, blessings. We just release these good things. And we thank you, Father God, right now for blessing your people. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. It's been a joy to come to you. Pray that you've enjoyed this. We want to lay the foundation. And we're going to know God is our Father and walk in victory no matter what's coming our way. Amen. Listen, I love you. And until next time, I'm praying for you that God's very best will be yours.